Some people have high expectations for Ohio State's defense in the fall, while others are in wait-and-see mode. No matter where you fall in this conversation, Ohio State's defense should be better in year two under Jim Knowles. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Buckeyes. For the Locked on Podcast Network, I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is a Friday, August 11th in the year 2023, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Buckeyes your first listen or first watch of every single day. During today's episode, I will go over my expectations for Lathan Ransom and Sunny Styles in 2023. And I think we're on the verge and on the brink of getting clarity about the depth chart for the Buckeyes in the fall. But first, we're always trying to find ways that a unit at Ohio State could be better in the upcoming season. Offensively, defensively, special teams, it does not matter. We are always trying to find ways for a unit or why a unit will be better in the upcoming season. I do think for the receivers, it's clear why some people will say that Marvin Harrison Jr., Ameka Abuka, the receivers at Ohio State should be better in 2023 than in 2022 in running back, in the running back room. I think there are easy ways we can pinpoint and describe why that running back room, that unit will be better in 2023 versus 2022 what about on defense like not just position group a safety or a corner or a linebacker or d tackle or dn not just that particular position but what about the unit as a whole what are some benefits or why should the defense be better in 2023 versus 2022 and it's simply year two under jim Knowles should be a year where the buckeyes defense takes a major step up now, it's not just about Jim Knowles specifically. Some people will say it's the system. The system you have, you bring it in, you get your feet wet in year one, and then all of a sudden, bam, it's going to be the system itself. You know the system better. The system is what Jim Knowles is teaching and preaching. It's his 425 in that scheme and occasionally using a jack and the variations that are there. It's the system itself. It's the system that even if a different coach brings it in, it's the system. Okay. I think there's some uh, maybe some validity to that, but let's go a little bit deeper. Some will say it's the players. Another year of Tui Maloff starting, another, another year of Ransom starting, another year of Eichenberg and Chambers roaming um, as Buckeye linebackers and the defense. Okay, some say it's the players. But I think it's a mixture of the two. It's the fact that there's a sense of sustainability, or there is a period of sustainability under numerous Buckeye coaches that will benefit the players. It's not just year two in the system. It's year two in that coach, in Jim Knowles, how he's teaching the system, what he brings to the table, the terminology, his experience being at numerous places along the way and being a good coach in making defenses better. Year two, year three, year four, when he is there coaching, then think about his time at Duke. This time most recently at Oklahoma State, we saw the progression. We have seen how those defenses got better under years two, three, and four under Jim Knowles, most specifically those four years he spent in Stillwater, Oklahoma. The same is going to be, it's going to be uh, for the Ohio State defense. Now, excuse me, I can't say it's going to be. 
It should be. And my thoughts are the defense will be better. And it's not just, like I said, the system. But when I went back and looked at some of the coaches that have been at Ohio State, simply at defensive coordinator. And I went back and only looked at the time period Ryan Day has been at the school. Not saying he was a head coach, but since he's been in Columbus, who has been, how many changes have there been to the defensive coordinator situation at Ohio State? Greg Shiano was in year two in 2017. He was in year three as D coordinator in 2018, but also in 2018, he he was a co-defensive coordinator because Alex Grinch was the D coordinator with him in that season, who is now Alex Grinch is now the the D coordinator and safeties coach at USC. 2019, Greg Madison, who was no longer coaching, was the lone and only D coordinator. 2020, Kerry Coombs. 2021, Coombs. And then it went on to being Matt Barnes took over. Matt Barnes is now the defensive coordinator at Memphis. Last year, Jim Knowles. This year, Jim Knowles. In the entire experiment in just a short period of time at Ohio State, this is going to be the only season looking at this projecting. Well, not the the only season where in back-to-back seasons you had a defensive coordinator who did not share that role with somebody else in the following season. Yes, Shiano in 2017, but he shared it was a co-DC in 2018. Kerry Coombs in 2020, but he was not the D coordinator the entire time in 2021, even though he started off the season with that role. And so Jim Knowles is not sharing the time. He's not trying to learn how somebody else coaches and teaches so he can warp his way into coaching and figuring out how somebody else works so the unit can be the best thing it can be in 2023. Jim Knowles himself is simply out here saying, let me coach, let me cook. But also, the sustainability that Jim Knowles brings is also also something that in every position the Buckeyes have this year, which is rare in college football. Think about how how many changes there are on a coaching staff year in and year out. Generally, you're finding coaches, two or three coaches are going to be gone. Last year's defensive staff. Larry Johnson still here, the only D-line coach. Jim Knowles, linebackers and defensive coordinator. Now, he's getting a little help from a grad assistant in James Lord-Nighters, a book I great. But Jim Knowles is the only one that can coach on the field on the weekend. That means something. Defensive backs. You have Tim Walton, cornerback coach, back-to-back years. Safety coach, uh, Piero Eliano, back-to-back years. That sustainability Getting guys in that are good, that have done this thing, that have track have a track record of success, and keeping them here in the unit, that is huge. Now, I would say the same thing if this was going on at Indiana or Purdue or Notre Dame or Oklahoma or Texas, Oklahoma State, Duke, UConn, does not matter. Think about how rare it is that you have all the same coaches at those positions in back-to-back seasons. Nobody's leaving. It's rare. And even if you go back to the over to the offense. Yeah, Kevin Wilson's gone, but you have a guy in Coach Key who is going to be stepping up and getting promoted, so it's not like you're going outside of the program to bring somebody in. You're promoting from within someone who already has a connection and a relationship with the players he's going to be coaching. The sustainability that you're getting on defense is great, but then you add in the sustainability and you add in the talent at D-tackle this year. Mike Hall Jr., Ty Lake Williams, Ty Hamilton, Taiwan, Taiwan Malone. I cannot wait to see it. Like we talk, I'm going I'm to get in later, maybe next week about there's two parts to a safety driven defense. We hear all about how the safeties are the, the heartbeat and the soul of the defense and how they drive things. Um, There's a two part thing to it. 
going to talk about that later next week, possibly on Monday or Tuesday, just depending on how um, maybe Wednesday. We've got to go do some more defensive stuff next Wednesday predictions. That's probably going to be what's coming up your way in the middle of next week. But when it comes to the players, DNs better. Like, they're already going to be better, and it's not just the system that's going to make them better. Linebackers, Eichenberg, Chambers, C.J. Hicks, got to throw him in there as well, going to be better. Defensive backroom, that whole room, more experience and getting better at your craft should be better. So it's not just the improvements for the players playing the football, but also the sustainability of the coaching staff and Jim Knowles specifically. My expectations are that the Buckeyes defense will be better. Now, is the sky the limit, meaning best defense in the country, which also means you're busting heads every single week. I'm not ready to go that far yet. I'm in a wait and see mode with that. However, the sustainability of Jim Knowles in his second year in the entire defensive coaching staff are big reasons why this unit should be elite, literally elite, in 2023. Coming up next, we will go over my expectations for Sonny Styles and Lathan Ransom. The two guys that will start should start for the Buckeyes in the fall, and two guys that, once they get in midseason form, will be busting heads every time they're on the field. This is Locked on Buckeyes on a Friday. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits just right. The first time around, just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thanks for making Locked On Buckeyes your first listen every single day. There is a scrimmage tomorrow in Columbus. On Saturday this weekend, the boys will take part in their first scrimmage of preseason camp. And in this time period, we're going to get some clarity about the depth chart. We're going to talk about where that could fall later on in the show. But I am definitely excited about the thought of this defense, this defensive unit from front to back. And it's not just the guys that are starters. It's also the backups. We'll hear more about my thoughts about Kenyatta Jackson Jr. and Caden Curry also coming at you next week here on Locked on Buckeyes because those are two guys that are going to be needed as Tui Malowal and Sawyer are probably going to be the week one starters. Those are two guys that are going to be needed to allow Tui Malowal and Sawyer to get a little bit of rest during the games so they can be game wreckers when they're out there on the field. Not just for the defensive guys, the D-line specifically, but also let's go a little bit further, a little bit back of the defense, not too far back, and Sonny Styles, who's probably going to be your nickel uh, safety. But also when we go to Latham Ransom, two guys here that one I expected to start, the other I did not expect to start at least the week one in the season. But based off things we have heard and based off how he has gotten better and the reality of his youth being both a benefit and also uh, a pause to make you a little scary at times, a little nervous about how 
a little scary. His you should not be should not scare you in the side of it, but it could be something that when we come down to it, all of a sudden, what are we doing? Well, he's inexperienced. He's going to make those plays. But for Lathan Ransom, this young man that has, uh, I believe he is the most experienced and tenured defensive back, most experienced defensive back outside. Well, Joshua Proctor's played a lot, but he's also been a little bit injured, and he lost a spot last year. And Ransom, 2020, 2021, 2022, has spent time playing all three safety spots. So the experience he brings to the table and also um, him getting a full offseason because he's been injured a little bit. Um, going into last season, he broke his leg in the Rose Bowl January 1st of 2022. So all of a sudden, all offseason, he is uh, rehabbing and getting better uh, and improving his body and just trying to get ready to get back on the field. And next thing you know, in fall camp, we're hearing Lathan Ransom is going to play week one, be ready to play. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This man literally just broke his foot or his, his leg well, about eight, nine months prior to the season starting, and he's already back on the field and he's playing. And then Joshua Proctor misses a tackle, and who comes in immediately? It's Ransom. And I'm like, first off, that coaching decision, I really don't do this very much. I got to do more of it. That coaching decision to pull Proctor, even though it may have been a, the to some the right decision, that was really risky. That was extremely risky. Because it could you, you could have brought a guy in and Ransom who wasn't ready. Maybe he was ready physically, but mentally he was not really all the way there. Next thing you know, you bring it, bring in Ransom in, you get some bad plays, uh, and you're trying to find a way to combat what you thought was going to be a good move strategically for the team. Really, really, really risky move that ended up benefiting the Buckeyes throughout the rest of that season. But that's why they get paid the big, the big bucks. They know sometimes this risky move needs to be made for the defense to be better throughout the rest of the game and throughout the rest of the season. But Layden Ranch is one of those guys. And think about when you think about the three safety spots that Jim Knowles is going to use the safeties in this defense, the adjuster or the free safety role, the bandit or the strong safety role, or even the nickel. Um the cover safety nickel corner, as I call them um, a lot of, uh, I think it's more widely known as that position. I think you're going to find that late on the ransom could be hey, if you need somebody to cover the slot, he can do that guy. He can, he can, he could guard that player. If you need him to play strong safety, which where is, which is where he has excelled at in during times, he is going to be the um, guy that you want there. If you need him to play the free safety, great. He can do that as well. So no matter where you want him to play, he has experience and he can do it at a high level, which is needed for the defense. And as Jim Knowles wants his safeties to really paint a picture and kind of murky up the vision of the quarterback as he's trying to look at the DBs and the defense to try to figure out pre-step where he is going to be um, trying to exploit that defense, Lathan Ransom is a guy. He's going to be on preseason watch lists. We already talked about one recently, but you're also going to be talking about a guy in Lathan Ransom who midseason is going to be in the conversation to be an All-American for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers had the potential. Lathan Ransom has the potential. Denzel Burke has the potential. There's a lot of potential on this team. There are other guys that I have not mentioned that also have the potential to be All-Americans. But I think when it comes to this conversation for Lathan Ransom, Top three, top four in tackles for the team. That is that that's going to be him. Um, you're also looking, looking at a guy that if he plays well and he just goes through the roof, 
at worst, a second-round pick in the upcoming NFL draft. I know we're going to be talking about more draft stuff with my guy Ryan Roberts coming at you next week as well. So much coming your way. Make sure you subscribe to Locked on Buckeyes, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, so you always are alerted when a new show goes live. But late the ranch is that guy. Expectations need to be high, and I mean, how much sure tackler, a rangy guy. Um, my buddy Ryan Roberts sent me a video a few weeks ago about a play that Ransom made in, I believe, 2021, where he ended up picking the ball off, and he went and he ran about 40 yards to track the ball down to end up getting an interception. I'm like, oh, I forgot he had that in his bag. His bag is loaded. It's lethal. And opposing defense don't want to see what's coming their way when Ransom's on the field. Sonny Styles is another conversation. Because I like Sonny Styles. I think his youth that he brings is as he's really supposed to be a freshman in college because he skipped the senior year of high school. He reclassified and joined the Ohio State football team during what would have been his senior year of high school. So as we see year two in Sonny Styles, you're also seeing a guy that is a little bit ahead of schedule as far as when he was originally planning to be uh, in Columbus playing and being a part of the Ohio State football team. Which is why when it comes to him potentially being a starter, I know he is someone that is a different type of individual. Some people, I think he even made this comment saying, you guys look at me and call me a specimen, which 64220, moving like he does, looking the way that he does. When he was a junior in high school, I said, people, juniors in high school are not built like that. Like this kid is different. And even in college where the athlete is better, the athlete is bigger, faster, stronger. Even looking at Sonny Styles now, you're saying, you're not built like everybody else, which is why I think there's two roles for Sonny Styles in this defense. Actually, I think there's three main ones. Ryan Day said a fourth, which we mentioned yesterday. I don't know how much he'll play at free safety. I think his best bet is at strong safety. Nickel may, but I don't know how well he's going to be able to guard and defend guys in the slot. Um, or even guys coming out of the backfield. He can do better at guarding the tight ends and the running backs, running backs, but I am not sure how often you want him guarding your slot. If you line up, which isn't normal, if another school had a guy that's number one receiver who's sliding up in the slot, I don't know if that's a Sunday Styles matchup at Ohio State. If you put Marvin Harrison Jr. or Buka in the slot, do I think Sunny Styles can guard him? No. Now, what can you find? A switching of the roles immediately between Ransom and Styles which is a great benefit for the Buckeyes defense, being able to just literally on the fly interchange those roles. It's a different look for the for the offense, and they weren't expecting it. Also, when it comes to him, he can play outside linebacker strong. Maybe uh, some say uh, Sam Backer. It don't really matter to me, but he can play outside backer and be really good at it. For Sonny Styles, though, I think we're going to see a slow, a slow buildup to what will be a good second year for him as a full-time starter at Ohio State. I am not going All-American. I'm not even going to go first team all Big Ten. That's too high for me and a guy who was a, uh, a first-year starter for the Buckeyes. But the statement I will make is this. By game four, five, six, and seven, games four, five, four, five, six, seven, and eight, we're going to be seeing a guy that, my goodness, midseason form is elite. And once his instincts get down pat and he's not trying to uh, guess on this move or that move, you're finding a guy. That's terrorizing and making things really hard for not, not only opposing quarterbacks, but opposing offensive coordinators and opposing offenses every single week. Sonny Styles, Lathan Ransom, if they stay healthy, the sky's the limit for Lathan Ransom. All Big Ten could be where we're looking at with Sonny Styles at the end of the season. We are all looking to find clarity about the depth at Ohio State. 
And I think coming up tomorrow, we will get a lot of clarity about the hierarchy. First, uh, uh, first team, second team, third team units for Ohio State going into the fall. The scrimmage, we can learn a lot from it. And we'll kind of dive into what we can learn from this part of practice fall camp next year on Locked on Buckeyes. I love scrimmages, man. I, I love it. Thanks, thanks everyone, for tuning in and rolling on with us here on a Friday uh, here on Locked on Buckeyes. I love scrimmages during practice. Now, games are a whole lot different. Like, I love games. But when you've been hitting the same guy over and over and over and over again, eventually you get tired of that cat hitting you over and over and over and over again. And you get tired of him eventually figuring out, hey, okay, if Jay does this, I do this to counter his move, and bam, we good. Uh, or, if, or if Jay does this with his foot, and then he does something else with his other foot, just based off the placement of the right foot, I know it's going to be where the left foot's going to be placed. I know how to counter that move, and bam, we there. And I've been there in football practice. I'm going to go into that a little bit later on about some things that happened. Um, I believe it was actually during um, two days leading up into – my junior year of high school playing football, Rice got fed up with somebody. I told the story on here before. I will say it again later on in the show. It's because this time of year, scrimmages are good. They're great learning periods and great tools for a team to figure out, really get some answers about the depth in that school. Think about this. We don't have a starting – well, no, excuse me. Let me change that. We have a starting quarterback. We don't know who it's going to be. We can get answers about that tomorrow. Excuse me. The Buckeyes have starting running backs. They have guys who can be that, not just top two guys. I don't know if they know who exactly is going to be the starting running back. They can get some clarity about that tomorrow. O-line, maybe Joshua Fryer is going to be a left tackle. Maybe Jimmy Simmons is going to be a right tackle. But whatever it is, you can get clarity about those two guys at those positions. Get a little bit of clarity about that tomorrow. When it goes to tight end and receiver, there really aren't any questions outside of, do we need a do Brandon Anderson, Carnell Tate need to play? Do Noah Rogers, does Noah Rogers need to play? Jaden Ballard. We get some more clarity about that coming up tomorrow on defense. I think on defense, we know who the three safeties are going to be. Jihad Carter, um, uh, Sonny Styles, and Lathan Ransom. We can get some more clarity about those spots and where they're going to play coming up tomorrow. So we're getting the gist. We can get a lot of clarity about just the starters and the two deep coming up tomorrow during tomorrow's practice. But also, during these moments in this scrimmage tomorrow, you want to get a player who has been tired of hitting the same cat over and over and over and over and over. And like I mentioned earlier, there have been times when I was playing football back in high school that I was going up against the same guy over and over and over, and I was just getting annoyed with him, and he was getting annoyed with me. Why? I've been hitting the same – we've been hitting the same person – for weeks, and all I want to do is knock you out, hit you in your dome, because, buddy, you're getting under my skin. And also in these moments, you can figure out how you dig deep and how you uh, dig within yourself to overcome some obstacles because somebody knows your every move, which is great. You can also test toughness tomorrow. Like, you can also see how your D-line rotates. Does somebody need – I mentioned this earlier. Does somebody need to start just basically based on how to get the best – out of them in the game versus someone else being able to come off the bench and still be very productive. What role does that does that play when it comes to the defensive end specifically? I'm telling you, Caden Curry and Kenyatta Jackson Jr., they're going to play. 
can we get some clarity about how much they need to play or if they're ready to play? A little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. You're going to get more clarity about that conversation once the season starts. But also when it comes to corner, where we hear Jordan Hancock, Davidson Igbenosin, and Denzel Burke, I am not a believer in rotating at <clears throat> really a lot of positions on the football field. I know D-line, you're going to rotate. I'm not here to rotate at linebacker. I'm not here to rotate in the secondary. That's not me. I'm not here to, to rotate on the O-line or tight end. Not really receiver either with the amount of talent Ohio State has. Now, granted, you're probably going to play four with the fourth being Xavier Johnson, the third being Julian Fleming. Great. That's probably what's going to happen. But I'm not looking at, I'm not looking to handle five, six-man rotation at receiver. No, no, no. I don't, I don't, I don't think Ryan Day or Brian Hartline are either. I do not. Maybe try to figure things out early in the season, but I no, buddy, no. It, this I, excuse me, this English is not going to be the best, but I think for em- emphasis and these, this statement needs to be made. This ain't that. This ain't the decision y'all need to make as far as, as how many receivers you need to play in the season. No, five or six. Don't, don't do that. Don't no. Don't do that. That just makes things harder for you in the season when things start to get heated against some tough opponents during Ohio State's football season. But you can get a lot of clarity about a lot of things. I'm looking to get clarity about quarterback. Not so much running back. I think the running back is going to be kind of set in stone until either Mayan Williams just supersedes or somebody just play, blows up in the season. I don't really know it. O-line, we clarity, clarity about quarterback, great. Clarity about O-line, needed at three positions. Clarity about the secondary, and it's more, do you have Jihad Carter? Lathan Ransom and Sonny Styles in the right positions currently as we are standing listening to the show right now. That's where I'm looking for. When it comes to things that have happened during practice and during scrimmages and talking about how things get a little bit heated and how you respond and how you can test somebody's toughness and do they feel comfortable calling somebody out for someone else not being um, doing things that are needed and holding somebody else accountable. Yes, you can. I remember my junior year of high school. I believe it was two-a-days, and this was back when two-a-days were not outlawed, and I love playing two-a-days f- football uh, in that practice. It was hot. It was hot. Our field was grass and turned turned into just hard dirt because, well, <laughs> we were just tearing it up, and there wasn't enough grass there to keep, and it wasn't made to be sustained in that period. However, I remember this practice. We were running 40-yard dashes at the end of the season, and I was an offensive lineman, and I did not want to run. I didn't want to sprint. I was tired. I just wanted to get practice over, change clothes, take the pads off, and go home. I'm not going to say the player's name or the guy's name. I know him, and if we saw each other, we'd be cordial and be cool. But I remember my junior year of high school. We were running 40, a 40-yard 40 dash, and our number one receiver on the team, um, really good guy, really talented guy, he ended up not really running his hardest during this, during this portion of practice. And I'm sitting here like, buddy, if I got to run hard, you got to run hard. If I got to sprint, you got to sprint. And it really annoyed me because in this moment, he was not running hard. I was not running hard. And I said, I'm not going to say his name. I'm going to just say so-and-so just to kind of blink, bleep out his name. Hey, so-and-so, are you ready to run now? Because this is for LN. Now, LN is our rival, Lawrence North High School, the same high school that produced Mike Conley and Greg Oden. Many of you know those names very well, being Buckeye basketball fans when the Buckeyes went to the national championship during, I believe, the 2000 Final Four. And I said that. He came at me. I went towards him. The players got in between us. You know what the coaches did? Let us go at it. They didn't try to 
intercede and let us and break it up. No, they let we didn't throw fight. We didn't fight or anything like that. We just kind of yelled at each other. I may have pushed him. He may have pushed me. I don't think it got physical in that way, but that was it. But these are the moments to find out who the leaders are on the team. Now, I was not a captain. I'm not even saying that, but I was not having a problem holding somebody else accountable in that time. Same thing can happen in these practices. Talk about clarity about depth. You can get clarity about the leadership and how the teammates will hold each other accountable when times get tough or maybe when somebody is not holding up their end of the bargain. Clarity is coming. A scrimmage is coming. I cannot wait to get more answers about the Ohio State football team and what they might be in 2023. You can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. You can follow. You can send all of your emails, excuse me, at jstevens317 at gmail.com. There is no handle on any app of jstevens317. And if there is, your boy is not using it. This has been Locked on Buckeyes here on a Friday. We'll be back on Monday, Buckeye fans, to recap the scrimmage and to discuss what we learned from the next couple days of practices.